Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Monday, September 30th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ahead, we will have details on the St. Louis Cardinals' first division title since 2015. Also, Sharon Williams tried hard to make a good life for her son. She took him on trips. She made sure he had an education and role models. Then, at 19, he was shot and killed in a back alley. People asking, you know, what did they do? Or what did the parent, was the parent into drugs? Is the, that's the worst thing to deal with sometimes. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton tells us how mothers struggle with shame and trauma after losing loved ones to gun violence. But for some, there is hope. First, the news. The St. Louis Cardinals are division champions for the first time in four years. They clinched the National League Central yesterday with a 9-0 win over the Chicago Cubs. Thousands of fans, including these two, hit the streets around Bush Stadium shortly after the victory. It is the best day ever. My husband's a Cubs fan, so this is just another feather in the cap. I could cry myself. I'm so excited. The tears are going to come. I love them. I love the Cardinals. I'm a Cardinal fan inside and out. That audio is from our friends at Five on Your Side. The Cards will start the playoffs Thursday in Atlanta. St. Louis and the Braves are squaring off in a best-of-five division series. In other news, suicide rates are on the rise, especially in rural counties. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports counties in the Missouri Ozarks have some of the highest rates in the Midwest. A new report from Ohio State University shows rural residents tend to be poorer, more socially isolated, and have less access to health care, all of which contributes to higher suicide risk. Debbie Fitzgerald is the Director of Crisis Services at Ozark Center in Joplin. She says the most important thing that can decrease the suicide rate in the Ozarks is getting people help earlier. Improve access to care, that it's closer to home so people can get it when they need it, educate people about where this help is, and start having the conversation about suicide. Fitzgerald says despite some advancements, there's still a stigma surrounding suicide and mental health issues, especially in rural communities. Reporting from Rolla, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. A new law in Illinois makes it easier for military members and their spouses to earn professional licenses. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt reports the legislation removes a barrier some military spouses face when trying to find a job. Military families move around a lot, which can make finding a steady job hard for a service member's partner. Jessica Manfrey is married to a Coast Guard member and says she's seen other military spouses struggle to find solid employment. I've watched, you know, friends that were estheticians cut hair out of their home because they couldn't get a licensure wherever they were. So it's just it's stories like this that don't need to happen. The legislation in Illinois aims to change that by offering service members and their partners reciprocity for professional licenses granted in other states. The new law takes effect in January 2020 and affects teachers, nurses, lawyers, and any other profession that requires a license. Reporting from Scott Air Force Base, I'm Eric Schmidt, St. Louis Public Radio. Tell a friend about The Gateway. Also, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks. Deadly shootings this year have claimed the lives of more than 150 people in St. Louis. But families have been living with the trauma of gun violence 
for decades. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports, some grieving mothers find hope and healing through connecting with each other. This is my daughter's establishment. At the salon in the Ville neighborhood, Tammy Riley and her daughter are keeping the memory of her son Frank alive. His framed picture looks over the big hair dryers and weaves. His nickname was Nitty, and so that's where the name came from, Nitty Salon One and Retail. Frank was shot and killed in 2009 in a North St. Louis bar. He was 24. A poem he wrote when he was younger is placed high on the wall above the manicure station. It's clear Riley has it memorized. I love this poem. Um, 24 things to remember and one thing to never forget. Um, Number one is your presence is a present to the world. Families try hard to hold on to those sweet memories. Your life can be what you want it to be. Take the day just one at a time. But mothers whose children are shot and killed face stigma, shame, and crippling fear. Frank died just blocks away from where Riley lived. She suspects men in the neighborhood knew who shot him, but none came forward. I hated them. I hated, I, you know, I felt like, why are you here? He's not here. Why are you still here? Riley said living in the neighborhood where she lost a son was painful. She could never escape the memories of him inside her house. About a year after her son's death, Riley moved away. I couldn't do it. I had to get out of that house. I had to get out of that neighborhood. And I started feeling guilty because I felt like I should have cooked more for him. She couldn't stop second-guessing her own parenting. It's not unusual. Sharon Williams did the same thing after someone shot her son Mikey dead in a back alley in 2008. He was 19. Even though her family lived in the county, for years Williams had worked at community centers in the Mark Twain neighborhood. When her son died, she was running an after-school center next to Bell Fountain Cemetery, and she would bring Mikey to work with her. But Williams says he began hanging out with dangerous people in the neighborhood. She wonders if he would still be alive if she hadn't taken him with her. I've been working hard to try to keep all these kids from getting killed, and yet I was unable to keep my own son from being killed. Some parents say after a child is killed, they're consumed with fear of more death. Last year, Williams' youngest son, who was 21, came home and said some men accused him of talking to the police. That day, she sent him to Kentucky. I drove directly to the bus station, got him a bus ticket one way, gave him $200, and I said, stay with your dad. I'm done with this. I'm done. That night, she was finally able to sleep soundly, but the shame remained. The stigma of having a kid murdered in the street, um, and people asking, you know, what did they do? Or what did their parent, was the parent into drugs? Is that, that's the worst thing to deal with sometimes. That kind of pain is familiar to Maria Miller. Five years ago, one of her brothers was fatally stabbed in prison. Then another brother was shot and killed that Thanksgiving. And then her 21-year-old son, Courtney, was shot and killed on Christmas Eve. After his death, Miller went to a counselor. She says it helped. She's like... I'm just here to listen. And it was like a relief came upon me, like, oh my God, someone just here to listen, not judge, not say this is wrong, this is right. But she says other members of her family still haven't come to terms with the tragedy, and they haven't sought help. We're raised, we're, we were raised up to believe we're strong, we can go through anything, we don't need counseling, something's wrong with you if you go get counseling, if you go seek help. 
the three women have all found comfort connecting with other families. Sharon Williams started a support organization called Healing Hearts and is seeking a doctorate in educational organization and behavioral health. Tammy Riley finds solace in prayer and is devoting herself to her family, especially her son's daughter, Frankie. And Maria Miller has poured her energy into advocating for social justice issues, such as prison reform. And she's busy raising her eight-year-old son, Caden. Even though it hurts, it hurts, but I have peace and I have joy, and that is what I was missing in that dark, deep hole. For years, the anniversary of Courtney's death made celebrating Christmas painful. But last year, she says she was finally able to put up a Christmas tree. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. Our David Cosseres edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. Find me on Twitter at Wayne Radio. I'm Wayne Pratt, and from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.